Hi, I'm uh, Ali Rizvi. I'm the author of The Atheist Muslim. I never listened to this uh, um, Dalimar podcast. I don't even know what I'm doing here. But anyway, let's see how this goes. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right, welcome to the show, episode 272 of I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your host, Jesse Dalamore, and sitting across from me, lovely, talented, scholarly co host, Brittany Page. Hello. Hello. Wow, that's <laughs> vibrant and re- rearing to go. Well, listen, I <laughs> just watched a video and it made me very unhappy. And that's happening a lot these days. Was it a, it wasn't a puppy video. It was not a, a puppy a video. bulldog video. That would have made was, me very happy. <laughs> it was likely a Donald Trump video. It was. And it's just getting kind of, it's only the first week. And yeah. it's so hard. Well, he's just not. Listen, I think is evidenced by our last episode, which was a typical kind of a normal episode. But uh-huh. my frustration level is at an all time high. It's like when you're running in the red in your car, you're driving and right before you need to to shift. Yeah. For those of you who have a, a manual transmission, mm-hmm. your car's running hot. I'm running hot all the time. I'm needing to shift gears to a higher gear all the time, but there isn't a higher gear for me. Yeah. And it's, I don't know what to do, you know? (laughs) You don't know what to do. I'm getting ready to overheat over here. Well, relax. In a perpetual state of overheating. Maybe get one of those smiley face balls. Uh, Funny. That we got. Funny. Stress ball. So (laughs) an anonymous listener we, we got an Amazon package at our, our P.O. box that was a necessity because of so many goddamn death threats because people are reasonable. Uh-huh. Um, and we got a package from like in a very decorative, pretty little polka dot green like glitter bag mm-hmm. with a card. And first, let me describe it. It's, it's a I haven't opened the package yet, but it's it's uh, it's six smiley face stress balls. They're like bouncy balls, but they're you know like you squeeze them. They're stress balls. Yeah. And it came with a with a with a card. It says Brittany Page just lob one or three of these toward Jesse D's general direction when he gets out of line. Jesse D, so you know I'm not taking sides. I did in fact purchase these through the Amazon link on <laughs> Dollamore.com. How supportive. Very good. Those will come in handy. Yeah, I will have to break them out of the package just to see how. Squeezy they are. I've never been a guy who's been into stress things. Stress ball relievers? Yeah, there's there's all kinds of, there's like clay and there's those like muscly, you know, the things on a spring, uh-huh. like like from the 80s that yeah. was supposed to work you out, but yeah. it's just a squeezy thing, mm-hmm. like, a, like a lever kind of a deal. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never been, I don't know. Too good for them. I think booze is my stress reliever. <laughs> I agree that that is your stress reliever. <laughs> yep. So whoever you are out there in audience land, uh, it was anonymous. I don't, you, you probably 
a lot of people, you don't think about it. Like, oh, I'm just going to send this. And then it doesn't have your name on the account information because it was a gift. So thank you very much. That is awesome. Super thoughtful and funny. Yes, we loved and it. And provided us for a little uh, a little, little levity yes. in our day. Yes. Kind of a, a respite from being driven mad by Donald Trump. Exactly. And it was uh, really nice. You know, we went to the post office, got the notice, felt excited, waiting in line, wondering what it was, what's it going to be? And we were really excited. So thank yeah. you for that. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's. We, we got a lot to get to. Actually, we're only going to do two topics today because we didn't get to the voter fraud bullshit that Donald Trump has been propagating, the lie that there's 3 million illegal people who have voted in the in this last election. We didn't get to that last time, so we're going to get to that. And then we're also going to get, obviously, to this Muslim ban. Don't let th- them try to fool you that it's not a Muslim. See, I'm getting... I'm just launching right into it, Brittany. I need to t- take it back a, a little notch. You're doing okay. Grab a stress ball. But we've got some voicemails to get to before that, and so I think we'll just jump right into those. Hey, Jesse, Brittany, uh, two of my favorite people. This is Billy from South Carolina. I heard my uh, call got cut off. Um, he asked me to call back and kind of finish up what I was saying. Uh, but truth be told, it's uh, 7 in the morning here, and I can't even remember what cereal I ate this morning. So <laughs> I tried my best. But uh, y'all did get the overall message, and I really appreciate y'all uh, answering my question. Um, basically, I was just saying that, you know, like if you truly did want to – sit down and have a meeting with some minds and figure out how you can help uh, progressiveness in a certain community, you wouldn't meet with the people that you're meeting with and pretty much having a photo op. Like, there there are some minds that I listen to. Like, I like Michael Eric Dyson, and I listen to Mark Lamont Hill. Um, he even could uh, talk to Jesse, the one who just uh, came down on him, uh, called him illegitimate. Like, why not go have a conversation with him? Like, and try to change his mind and show him what you really believe if you're really about the changes you say you're about. But, I mean, it's just another reason that, you know, we all know that he's a fraud and that he's lying anyway. So, I mean, he's just a petulant child who, if he doesn't get his way, I mean, we all know he's going to cry and be a big baby. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but, yeah, that was all That was all I called about. And, uh, Brittany, just listen to the podcast. Your story is super interesting. Like, Y'all should do like a bonus episode or something of the sort. Because um, I would really like, and I know that's asking a lot to put yourself out there like that, but to hear about how you grew up, like that's super interesting because to know that you made it out of a situation like that, like I can't imagine the kind of toll that would take on an individual. But um, yeah, thank you guys for taking my call again. Um, Brittany, you're a goat. That's a good thing though. You're the goat. Yeah, <laughs> Jesse. Jesse, right, man. Keep, keep holding it down, guys. Thanks. Brittany Page, the GOAT. <laughs> I will believe what you're saying when you tell me that that's good. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's Billy. Yes. From South Carolina. How could it be bad? Yes. We love Billy. We do. I'm very glad he called back. You, sir, are also the GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know about a bonus episode. I mean, I don't know how we would do that. It would be like me interviewing Brittany, which mm-hmm. would be kind of fucking goofy. Uh-huh. But uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe so. Yeah. 
And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to episode 271. Little little tease. Yeah. If you haven't heard the episode. It's good. All right. Uh, moving on. And this is, again, kind of we're rehashing old material. But nonetheless, we got a call. We want to, I think it's important to, to, to deal with this Nazi face-punching topic. Hello, Jesse. Hello, Brittany. It's, uh, it's great to see that you guys are still doing these podcasts this day. Uh, my name is Christopher. I'm calling. I've been a listener for a little while now. Um, first off, I want to mention that I am so glad that you guys do what you guys do and still continue doing it today. Um, this year or this past year has especially been difficult considering all the things that have occurred, all the buildup and tensions, and more in particular with the events that, you know, have transpired as a recent especially can really test one faith in humanity. So it's individuals like you guys that keep me believing in people. Uh, so thank you for doing what you're doing. Secondly, I've got a bit of a pickle to pick with you, uh, Jesse. Um, I saw a YouTube video of you a little while ago. I love your, I love your content. But, uh, I saw this YouTube video you made about the white supremacist who got punched in the face. So I wanted to challenge you on this a little bit. Uh, I, I do agree with you on the concept that violence can be necessary when it is necessary to settle this you know, settle an issue that cannot be resorted any other way. I do not believe in this particular case it was necessary, and I'll explain why. Uh, in this particular case, the propaganda that uh, these types of white supremacists use is through misleading and miseducation. And when you use violence against them, especially the kind of violence like this uh, on live TV, what ends up happening is that they use this as fuel for the propaganda to contribute and say, look, this guy punched me in the face. These black people are incredibly unstable. These Mexicans are incredibly unstable. They don't have the discipline that white people do. You know, that, that's how they use that. So it's, it, it's a very effective tool. And I speak from personal experience, given that I have an individual who is a friend of mine who has become very white supremacist, and it's not a joke when I say that. He's become very much the case where he speaks in terms of his uh, race, his race being superior to other people, and that they depend on him for their existence. So it's a very, very dangerous position, especially because I'm a, I'm a mixed, you know, I have mixed ethnicity. It, it's, it's very weird conundrum that him and I have. Because he doesn't see me as a mixed ethnicity. He sees me as a white person. So that's how that brainwashing works. So that kind of violence gives them fuel. But otherwise, love you guys. Um, Brittany, you are the best part. Jesse, you're a second runner-up. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. I am second place in a two-man race. That is... I am really I'm I'm, I'm doing well. <laughs> well, first of all, let me let me answer a couple of your questions, Christopher. Actually, let me let me do this first. Um, two things. One, this was not on live TV. This was like a, a Facebook Live interview or something. Uh, it wasn't live TV. And secondly, it was a white person who punched him in the face. It wasn't a black person or a Mexican or any other flavor of person of color. It was a white guy. So those two things, I don't know if that dismantles your argument, but the things that you were basing your argument upon 
were not the case. Secondly, while I respect your opinion, and I, I do think there's there's room here for a discussion, it's not I'm right and everyone else is wrong. I I would like to know what you believe the the instances where violence is justified, because you only talked about that it's not. You said you have, it is justified sometimes, but I don't believe it was in this case because of blah, blah, blah. Well, when are those times? Because Richard Spencer calls for ethnic cleansing of America. He calls it peaceful ethnic cleansing. Well, how do you do that? He cannot be trusted. He doesn't have the integrity to trust what he says. And we know from the history of our, of our planet that Nazis didn't do anything peacefully. Not only did they expand their reach and try to take over the globe, but they exterminated over 6 million people because of their religion and ethnicity. So I'm not going to give a Nazi fucking foothold to get to the point where it would be like, oh shit, had we done something earlier, whatever future monstrosity that they commit could have been prevented. So, I'm also interested in your your friend who has suddenly become a white supremacist. I would <laughs> that would be somebody I'm not friends with anymore. Uh, how does that happen? And how <laughs> did those conversations go? Yeah, for sure. Because I've talked to white supremacists and go listen to episode 271. Yeah. <laughs> And those conversations don't go well because yeah. there's not a lot of ra- there's no rationality. Right. There's not a lot of reason there. For it's sure. a lot of conspiracy. It's just how do you talk to someone it's, who's unreasonable? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's insanity. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the call. We appreciate it very much. I think we have a, a, an email about the same topic from Marius, uh, one of our Scandinavian listeners from Norway. Right. Hey guys, I wanted to record a piece with my opinions on the Nazi punching and mail it over, but it got a little stuttery in English, so I will write it in an email instead. I don't think the attack on Spencer is funny. I think it and the gleeful reactions to it are just sad. The foundation of the civilized Western liberal democracy is that the government has the monopoly on force. If there's a matter that can only be resolved through the use of force, it is the government's responsibility to use that force. For this to happen, the subject of the use of force shall have his day in court, where his guilt must be found to be beyond reasonable doubt by his peers, and the punishment must be humane, predictable, and in accordance with the rules set by the democratically elected government. This is one of the institutions that differs the liberal democracy from, for example, a fascist rule. You don't get to be the judge, jury, and executioner, no matter how much you hate someone for their views and opinions. You don't get to knock people down in the street. The person who attacked Spencer did not only attack him, he attacked the fabric of society. He became what he hates, a black shirt, a brown shirt. And everyone who supports this attack is guilty of normalizing the methods used by fascists. There is, of course, the exception of self-defense, but Spencer was not using violence against anyone. He was expressing his opinions to journalists. Many say that national socialism has violence at its core, that you can't build a white ethnostate without ethnic cleansing, and that violence against them is then justified. Where do we stop then? 
Should we use violence against communists? We know from history what happens when the proletariat takes control of the means of production. Blood runs in the streets. So where do we stop? Where do we draw the line? We draw the line in front of the first one, the Nazi, and we turn our backs on him. We must tolerate the wrong opinions, no matter how little respect we have for them, no matter how much we hate them. Love the show. You're both the best part. Marius. Well, of course I disagree. That message is taking care of biz. Yeah, now listen, <laughs> I, I, I do believe there's room for debate here. There's, this is a great discussion to have. But again, I'll say that if a, a lot more Nazi faces were punched in the, in the early 1930s and late 20s, we wouldn't have faced what we faced in the middle of the, of the 20th century. That Nazism isn't just a difference of opinion. It's not just a different form of government. It's not communism. Communism wasn't the cause of all of those 12 million or so people killed by Stalin. That was an evil dictator who did that. It wasn't because of the philosophy of the government, of the, of the, uh, of the political ethos of communism. Nazism is hate. Nazism is a form of government, a, a political philosophy, a, a, there's a mysticism to it that is about the superiority of, of the, 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 the Aryan nation. the elimination of other races, the inability to live peacefully, to coexist in an in a integrated society. So hold your opinion. I respect your opinion, Marius, Christopher, those who disagree with me. I do. But I hold firm to the belief that had there been more violence and resistance, violent resistance against early Nazis and that party, that they may have been stopped. And I'm not going to stand by. Listen, and I know everybody, well, I haven't, you haven't done anything to punch Richard Spencer. If I was face-to-face -face with Richard Spencer, I would punch him right in his fucking face. And I don't know that I'd run away. I'd face the consequences. I'm not saying what that guy did wasn't illegal, wasn't criminal shouldn't be prosecuted. I'm not saying that. There's a meme going around that says, make racists afraid again. That should be a mantra of all of us, a responsibility of all of us to do so. I... <laughs> I know you, you don't agree. It's, it's okay. Well, no, what happens is I, I start arguing with myself. So I'll be kind of over here while you're talking in my head and I'll, I'll bring up a point and then I kind of litigate it in my own head. But I think one of the concerns that I have is that when they are afraid, they go into these white supremacist communities online and they bounce around ideas with people who reinforce their worldview and they don't come out publicly and say that they hold these beliefs. And my mom is a great example of this. My mom is still a white supremacist. She has a private Twitter account where she does a lot of white supremacist activity mm -hmm. and is connected to white supremacists. And in her day-to-day -day life, 
She doesn't let people know that she holds these beliefs because she knows that she'll be an outcast. So it's almost like this hidden secret thing. Hidden, so I think they are afraid to come out because of what might happen sure. to them socially, right? They might lose connections. They might not be able to get money from people anymore. You know, who, who knows what the reason is? This is why in Cuba, men are not allowed to gather in groups without a permit, because if you can't get together and you're in secret, you can't form a movement that's going to catch on. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine with that. Be anonymous, you fucking cowards. If you can't put your face on your ideas, you are a coward. And they're not going to catch on. That's why I don't mind the alt-right being a bunch of, of, of Pepe the Frog memes on Twitter accounts. They are cowards who are so ashamed of their own beliefs, they won't come out. Well, the other thing is there's often this this pastor who comes and protests at my school, and he holds a sign that talks about how homosexuals are going to burn in hell. And when I see him, I go and I debate him. Um, I make my way through the crowd, and I go up to him, and I ask him questions, and I debate him. And I think that that is what needs to happen. You know, when you see Richard Spencer... You go up to him and you debate him. And even though it's even though he's unreasonable, even though it's seemingly impossible to get through to these people, you never know when it might flip a switch. You're right. I mean, it would have been who knows what would have happened had Hitler been appeased by by the British in the early days. Oh, wait, they were. And we know what happened. Sitting down to debate with a Nazi is different than sitting down to a debate with a Christian who believes in an imaginary place that homosexuals will go. That's not hurting anybody other than feelings. There is no hell. Gays aren't going to hell. You're acting as though Richard Spencer has power. When he had that meeting in D.C., there were like 14 people there. That is not true. How many people were there? There were probably 100 or so. But hang on. That that is not true. He doesn't have power yet. And more punches to his face will eliminate the prospect of him having power. And conversation won't. No, conversation will not. I don't believe. I respect all of you guys. And so, no, I course, just want you to. I just want you to make that clear that you do not believe that conversation is fruitful whatsoever, and that only violence with Nazis, yes, needs to counter with white supremacy n- with Nazis who who call for the extermination of races and ethnic cleansing in, in, in America. No, I don't believe a conversation works. So when you see that clip advertised for Viceland of that woman who has very little teeth and two babies with her, and she's saying words that indicate that she believes the Holocaust didn't happen, but it, it should happen, something like that needs to happen again. You don't believe that someone like that can be educated? Well... Her out of that belief. You've seen the clip. Her IQ is probably 80, 75 or 80. No, she can't be reasoned with about anything. Okay, not IQ, not specifically IQ, like Donald Trump says it, but IQ is in her ability to learn, her intelligence level. The woman's not smart. She can't be reasoned with, no. But a guy, a guy like Richard Spencer, he does have the intellectual acuity to be reasoned with. Is that going to work when he when he advocates ethnic cleansing, a white ethno state for America? 
that can't be accomplished through nonviolent means, which he says he wants to do. So, no, I don't, I don't believe. I don't believe it can be done. It, for those of you who do, you included, Brittany, have at it. If that works for you, awesome. But in the meantime, I advocate a more aggressive resistance against Nazis. Well, I think this argument is hard for me because I do see both sides. But I think that I tend to not agree with you more than I agree with you because I want to believe the best about people, right? I want to believe that they can change, that they can seek out education and change their mind, that they can use their intellect for good rather than for evil. And I might be talking out of both sides of my mouth because I did cut off my parents, right? Yeah. So there is an instance where I believe that that change wasn't going to happen, that it could not occur, that it would never occur, right? So I think that obviously you you make a good point. It's just that I'm not sure that change is most likely to occur through through violence or when someone gets punched in the face. And I think that that was something from your argument last time that didn't get emphasized, which was you aren't talking here about changing hearts and minds. That's right. You said that last time. Yeah. So taking that line into consideration, well, then you're correct because you're not interested in making a change. You're not interested in... Well, I don't think it's possible. It's not that I'm not interested. Look, if I thought we could sit down and change their minds, then of course that would be what I want to do. Sit down. Let's sit down and reason you out of your, your wildly irrational belief. That would be exactly what I would want to do. But right. I don't believe it can be done. Now, listen that opinion that I just expressed does it gets it gets knocked down when you see one guy here who's now coming out and saying I used to be a white supremacist and then you'll find another one uh, though listen yeah I realize that does I don't think it dismantles my argument because we're talking about one guy out of the millions of of white supremacist Nazis in our country you don't think there's that many I have no idea what the number would be. Hundreds of thousands. Many, many, many. But the other thing is when I think of Nazi, you have to understand, I'm not thinking of, oh, yeah, my Uncle Gary, he's racist. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of my parents who used to go to Aryan nations where crosses were lit. Yes. That kind of having the swastika flag on your property. Yes. um, That kind of thing. That's what I think of when I think of Nazi. I I separate that. I think I, I think I said that last time, too. Yeah. So that when you're getting into the numbers i'm thinking whoa are there really that many yeah, I, still again i'm not talking about your your racist uncle gary who uses the n-word in, in casual conversation yeah sorry gary i don't know why we're picking on this name but that guy's an asshole <laughs> but he's not a nazi i'm not saying everybody who uses the n-word or a racial slur needs to be met with violence i'm not saying that i'm talking about nazis people who hold the political philosophy and race philosophy surrounding the cleansing of the American population of anyone who's not white right? and also Jews. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Anyway, listen, this could be all we ever talk about. (laughs) We're going to move on. We have other calls and we have other topics that we have to get to because I don't want to have another day of 
of pushing topics like we've been over the course of the last several episodes. So let's move on to our next caller. Thank you, Marius, and thank you, Christopher, very much. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Brittany. It's Jonathan from the UK. Just thought I'd call... Can I say, there's no better way to come out of the arguing and the bickering that just (laughs) happened to hearing the most pleasant voice maybe in the history of voices, Jonathan from the UK. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Brittany. It's Jonathan from the UK. Just thought I'd call in, given that uh, the UK has the, I would say, embarrassment that our Prime Minister, Theresa May, has been the first to meet President Trump and uh, has basically endorsed and legitimized him in the eyes of the world. (sighs) It is ridiculous. (laughs) The only reason this has happened, just so everyone knows fundamentally, is because after Brexit happens in 2019, we need trade deals, and Trump has promised to give us one. Even though that's not really within his power to deliver, we've no idea what the terms are. Hell, he seems like a trustworthy guy. Why not? Stupid. And to hear the press over here going on and on about it, seriously, it's, oh, this will be the new Reagan-Thatcher, the new Reagan-Thatcher. And uh, that is just so... These people have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. Reagan and Thatcher were two characters whom I may not agree with in everything, but at least on a personal level, and to some extent politically, I can respect. Absolutely. Trump, I have no respect, no liking, no, no nothing for the man. Nothing contemptible bullying coward. May, I can't hate. You know, she's a decent woman, she's a priest's daughter, you know, she's, and she by and large sticks to her principles. Except, it seems, with regards to women's rights, where Donald Trump is concerned. (sighs) Such is the way. Anyway, I just thought I'd comment on it, give you guys an idea of uh, how I think quite a few people over here are feeling. It is embarrassing. It's embarrassing, it's annoying. And I suppose for practicality's sake, yes, we can't afford theatrics, but uh, you do wish something more could be done. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy the show. Brittany, still the best part. Thank you. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. <laughs> Can I make an observation here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is how someone civilized gets frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of sighing. Yeah. And just he's he's overwhelmed with frustration. Yeah. He's not screaming in red faced no. like Jesse D. He you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a stark difference between how he's handling it and how I'm handling it. Sounds like he's taking a leisurely stroll. <laughs> quietly he's trying to walk it off. Yeah, quietly talking to us about his frustration. Yeah. We love you, Jonathan. And also, thanks for the information. I'm I'm curious, are these legitimate media organizations who are making a comparison between the Thatcher-Ronald Reagan relationship of the 80s? Because that seems far-fetched at, at very best that would be far-fetched. First of all, you, to compare Donald Trump to Ronald Reagan is completely fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. There is nothing about Donald Trump that even resembles Ronald Reagan. Nothing. Other than the fact that they both kind of worked in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Trump kind of worked in Hollywood. Right. But no. No. Well, I don't know if you saw the, the I don't know what to call it. Is it a joint press conference with yes. Theresa May yeah, and yeah. Donald Trump? So yeah. he was asked questions. 
by and, the British media who are cutthroat. They are. They and it hold, was yeah. amazing watching Donald Trump's reactions. He was rolling his eyes. He was acting like a, a teenager who just got grounded or can't go out because their parents won't let them. Yeah. His responses to the questions, it was so childish. I just cannot believe that this man is a 70-year-old president of the United States. Well, it's just for 70 years, he's never been told no. And now there's an opposition force that's saying no and asking him tough questions and putting him on the spot. And he he can't fucking hang. The opposition party. The opposition party, right. All right, well, we got one more voicemail. Thanks a lot, Jonathan. We appreciate you very much. Hi, I, this is Taylor. I'm a first-time listener and first-time caller. I just finished finished your most recent episode. Uh, my question is pretty simple, but also has a lot of different answers, I guess. Um, I'm just curious what you guys think about uh, the possible impeachment of Donald Trump if you think it's kind of coming up in the next two years, in the next year, if he'll get reelected. I guess this is a multi-part question. I'm sorry. What I'm asking is, do you think an impeachment is possible in the next two years, let's say? Let's focus on that. Because there's a presidential historian, I'm, his name is escaping me right now, and he believes that um, that Donald Trump will be impeached in the next two years, but I just can't see a world where a Republican Congress uh, impeaches a Republican president. However, as we've seen, they are party before country, but I think that before party, it's job before party before country, so... Uh, maybe if Trump's numbers are super low as they are now, if they get lower, or if he um, does something that would kind of, you know, offend enough people. I mean, what could be worse than grab them by the pussy, but <laughs> something worse than that? Um, do you, can you foresee that happening? Thank you for taking my call. Bye. T Taylor, I would say this. Um, I, I can see that happening. In two years, there's a lot that could happen. Trump is already starting to alienate the Republican Congress. He is pushing through these executive... Listen, executive orders oftentimes are a strategy used by a president who has an opposition party in Congress. Donald Trump doesn't have that. He has his team in Congress ready to write legislation at their will. Just write up whatever you want to write up and I'll sign it. And we have a law. And he's not doing that. He's boxing them out and just writing executive orders as though he has Democrats to oppose him in Congress. There are also other items relative to this Muslim ban that, that are happening where he didn't give Congress notice about what the details were because he was worried about a security risk, an intel leak. Well, that's a slap in the face to Congress. So he's burning bridges rapidly. We're, we're one week in, and he's already starting to do that. I could see a an instance where congressional relations between the president uh, will erode to the point where they would support an impeachment proceeding. The other thing, I don't know exactly who the scholar you're talking about is. I think he was one that, like you said, predicted Donald Trump's win. He's, he's a guy who kind of, he's a statistician who, who prognosticates. I don't know what would give him any information about an impeachment proceeding or the likelihood of that, but we have very well-respected legal scholars like Harvard constitutional law professor Lawrence Tribe, who tweeted on the 28th, Trump must be impeached for abusing his power 
and shredding the Constitution more monstrously than any other president in American history. There are people on the other side who are experts in the matter who believe that there is grounds right now for impeachment. So it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him get ousted. Well, and I don't know if people are following Evan McMullen's tweets. He was the presidential candidate for the independent party, I believe. Mm -hmm. And he's going on full attack mode with Donald Trump. He is calling him an authoritarian. Yeah. Um, talking about how everything he's doing is from an authoritarian's playbook. And Donald Trump, it, it took him eight days for his approval rating to go negative for the first time in his presidency. Eight days. <laughs> and typically, incoming presidents have a grace period of a year or more before their numbers slip to majority disapproval. Yeah. But it took him eight days. Yeah. Eight days. Yeah. So... Not not a good sign. Not at all. I would say. Yeah. So anyway, Taylor, Jonathan, Christopher, Billy, we appreciate the calls. Marius, we appreciate the email. If you too would like to sound off, communicate with the show 657-464-7609. Or of course, email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode, as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. So... Carissa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big thank you to Carissa. Yeah, here we go. Well, she, well, Carissa did the commercial last time. Yes. The impromptu, awesome right. commercial about uh, donating to Patreon. Mm -hmm. And uh, apparently she gets more traction than the, the the voiceover artist who does our normal Patreon mid-roll that you just heard. Right. <laughs> so thank you to our new patrons and PayPal subscribers, James... James. Jamila. Jamila. John. Are you fucking around right now? No. James, Jamila, John. Jeremy. No, really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> James, Jamila, John, Jeremy. Stephen. Oh, uh, thank you, Stephen. And Jen. And G really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James, Jamila, John, Stephen. And Jen. Jeremy is Je well. And Jeremy. Yes. God damn. That is, I don't, we've never had a spot in between shows. I mean, Wednesday to Sunday. And yeah. here we are. Yes. That is that is spectacular. Well, and Carissa, by Sunday, I mean Monday, since we're doing this Monday morning. Carissa's really taking care of biz. Wow. Really super taking care of biz. Yes. We don't have to do that, but we should have played the original for Chris. I guess no one likes that one, so <laughs> everybody hates. In it. fact, you probably played it, and everyone was like, "Really, this uh, one again? Yeah, we have to it. hear this." So anyway, thank you guys. We appreciate it very much. The support moving forward is going to be great because we have so much awesome things planned. Wow, that was terrible. So much awesome things planned. <laughs> All right, Donald Trump. Wow, uh, we really do. We we're going to be doing a lot of uh, covering of the marches. There's a tax day march coming up in L.A probably everywhere across the country, but we're going to start all with all these impromptu marches and protests. 
a lot of that happens right here in Los Angeles, and we're going to be making the move to get up there and interview and get some stuff on film, and all of your Patreon support and PayPal support goes toward supporting us do that kind of stuff, and it means so, so much. So thank you. You guys mean the world to us. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So, one of the topics we didn't get to last time was Sean Spicer in a press conference defending Donald Trump's belief about the voter fraud thing. So we're going to tackle the voter fraud thing and then we're going to get to the Muslim ban. So, here's Sean Spicer defending the the opinion that has zero evidence that there is widespread voter fraud committed this last election. Does the president believe that millions voted illegally in this election? And what evidence do you have of widespread voter fraud in this election, if that's the case? The president does believe that. He has stated that before. I think he stated his concerns of voter fraud and, and people voting illegally during the campaign. And he continues to maintain that belief based on studies and evidence that people have presented to him. But exactly what evidence? I, I, well, I, Speaker I'll, Ryan today said there's no evidence. The National Association of Secretaries of State say that they don't agree with the president's assessment. What evidence do you have? I, 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 as I said, I think the president has believed that for a while based on studies and information he has. Sean, um, when you were talking about that voter fraud, are you going to ask for an investigation? Is the White House going to formally ask for a probe into this alleged no, I think uh, we, we, he won very, very handily with 306 electoral votes, 33 states. He's very comfortable with his win, but I think... to trouble him if he's bringing it up. That's I, I think he was having a discussion with some folks and, and mentioned something in passing, which has been a long-standing belief that he's maintained. This isn't the first time that you've heard this concern of his. Trey? It's not, but I Thanks, think it's Sean. worth clarifying whether illegal ballots or illegal immigrants... And I, I think there's been studies. There was one that yeah. came out of Pew in 2008 that showed 14% of, of people who have voted were non-citizens. There's other studies that have been presented to him. It's a belief he maintains. I don't, I mean... Counted improperly, as Dick Durbin says, the president personally told him last night. It was that the people who voted... I think, I, I think so I, I, I have asked and answered it. It's a belief that he's maintained for a while, a concern that he has about voter fraud, uh, and, and that's based on information that's provided. Trey. Yeah. If three to five million people voted illegally, that is a scandal of astronomical proportions. Doesn't he want to restore Americans' faith in their ballot system? Wouldn't he want an investigation of this? Well, I, I, I mean, you this know. Is- this is a bit of a As I've noted several times now, he's believed this for a long time, and I think he won fairly overwhelmingly. So he's not. And look, we'll work. I'm asking you, why not investigate something well, well, that is, could, a, maybe is a, we will. the biggest scandal in American electoral history? Three to five million people voting illegally. I, and I think we. I, We'll see where we go from here. But right now, the focus that the president has is on putting Americans back to work. It was a comment that he made on a long-standing belief in the back. Yeah. Yes. So he says there that. Oh, it was just a comment in passing. This is a bee in Donald Trump's bonnet that he keeps talking about, this three million number. Right. Also, the Pew study that he just mentioned Pew 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 doesn't exist. There wasn't a Pew report, they keep recalling it, of a voter fraud in two thousand eight. So you heard Sean Spicer referring to a 2008 Pew Research study. That, in fact, does not exist. 
Pew, however, did do a study four years later, which the campaign cited on other occasions. So we assume that's what he's actually referring to. We decided to reach out to a man deeply involved in that study. David Becker is his name. He's the primary author of the study, and he joins us now. David, thanks for being here. So just to be clear, the, the Pew study, which you authored, that's been frequently cited by the Trump camp for months, it found that, that while there are millions of out-of-date registration records due to people dying or moving, that does exist. There was no evidence that voter fraud uh, resulted from that. Is that correct? Right. There was no attempt to even quantify it in many ways. We were really just trying to quantify the challenge that election officials have in keeping their election rolls, their voter lists, up to date in the course of an election cycle. And, of course, this study came out uh, almost five years ago now. Uh, what we've seen since then is that, thanks to the work of many in this space, uh, states and local election officials have done a much better job of using data and technology to keep their voter rolls up to date. I think the voter rolls for the 2016 election were probably the most accurate list we've ever had, and they're going to get better. So when, when Sean Spicer says that the president believes there's been voter fraud, massive voter fraud, based on studies and evidence, that's what the phrase that's been presented to him, to your knowledge... Are there any studies, is there any evidence that points to any kind of large-scale voter fraud? I don't know of any evidence. I was at Pew and I ran the elections team there. I was there for eight years. I was a lawyer in the Justice Department in the voting rights section there for seven years during both the Clinton and the second Bush administrations. And I study this extensively and I don't know of any study that has found any kind of significant voter fraud. There are studies that have found 31 cases out of a billion nationwide, virtually non-existent. And election officials across the country, Republicans and Democrats who have looked at this issue, studied it in their own states, tried to prosecute people who, who have allegedly uh, committed uh, voter fraud, have found only a handful of instances. I think this says something really good about the American people. I think they take their elections really seriously. I think fraud is exceedingly rare. And if you look at the numbers, you're more likely to get bitten by a shark who's won the Powerball lottery than, you know, <laughs> find someone who committed voter fraud. So this also speaks to Donald Trump's inability to correct himself, yeah. right? Kind of reverse course. Okay, so this is something I've been saying. I'm acting like I'm Donald Trump. So this is something I've you been... Got, you got to do a voice. Uh, no. Hey, ooh, <laughs> this is something I've been saying for a while now. Oh, it's wrong. So I guess I should correct myself right. and now start saying the correct thing. But he he is not capable of doing that. Right. And and what's more disturbing is that his supporters hear him saying, oh, Pew Report, Pew Report. And all of a sudden you hear his supporters saying, Pew Report, Pew Report. And they don't think to, maybe I should fact check this yeah. before I start spouting off. Let me go find the Pew Report, read it, so I can have an educated opinion on the matter and not just regurgitate what my orange-faced Fuhrer says. Because what Donald Trump is doing is trying to delegitimize the media, which he's now referring to, he's now calling the opposition party. The opposition party. Yes. Yeah. And he's trying to make his supporters believe that he is the only valid source of information. Yeah. That's what his goal is here. This is propaganda 101. It's amazing to me that more people aren't recognizing it. And not falling for it. Yeah. It's they, kind of insulting. They are they are eating it, hook, line, and sinker. And it's insulting that he thinks that it's so easy. Right. Well, listen, we're finding out now the study and the 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 guy he's getting his, his information from. And uh, it's not reputable whatsoever. Here he is, Greg Phillips. 
with Chris Cuomo, who, let me tell you, I, I love me some Chris Cuomo. What a smart guy. Being a lawyer, I think, sets you up to be a very good interviewer in the way that you structure your questions and set up your interviewer to, to really have to face the fire. Our next guest first tweeted the claim that three million people voted illegally on November 11th. That's Greg Phillips. He tweeted, completed analysis of database of 180 million voter registrations, number of non-citizen votes exceeds three million, consulting legal team. Now, two days later, he sent another tweet. We have verified more than three million votes cast by non-citizens. We are joining at True the Vote to initiate legal action. Hashtag unrigged. Those tweets went wild. They were disseminated by many right-wing sites. They became, apparently, a source for Donald Trump's voter fraud beliefs. Greg Phillips joins us now. I appreciate you doing this. Thank I know you. this has become increasingly uncomfortable, but it matters. I'm glad to be here. Thanks. First, what's your take? Do you accept the premise that the president may have, through back channels, picked up on what you put out in those initial tweets as a suggestion, which we'll get to, and that is motivating his current belief. Well, I mean, he's the president of the United States. It's uh, clearly way above my pay grade. Um, you know, our, our analysis is what it is, and we believe that truth is truth. And if, if the president and his team uh, uh, believe the same is true, then, then uh, maybe they are. But... but uh, our motivations in, in, the, in, in initiating all of this had nothing to do with President Trump. Okay, so what is the truth, to use the word? Um, do you know and can you prove right now that three million people voted illegally? Yes. Um, we uh, began this effort years and years ago. Um, we have developed a database of 189 million voting records. Um, we've augmented that database with everything from geocoding to all sorts of, uh, of identifying information. We've developed algorithms that allow us to first ident verify identity. We can verify residency. We can verify citizenship, felon status, and all of the other factors that go into making a, a legal registered voter. So you have the proof. Yes. Because when you tweeted those things and the media came to you about it, you said, hold on. Uh, this is just a tweet. Uh, I'm just some guy. I haven't proven it yet. This is what I think I'll be able to do in the future, right? You did say that. Well, I don't think I ever said that I think. I mean, our... our but you uh, hadn't done it yet, what I'm saying. When you initially tweeted it, you admitted you hadn't done it yet. Is no, that that's, not, that's not correct. Because that's what was picked up in the Statesman, well, the in sta an interview with you. Well, the Statesman was wrong, um, uh, as is often the case. Um, our concerns all along we're simply that what we're talking about here is we're going to um, should we push this out there we're talking about um, uh, accusing three million people of multiple felonies it's a it's a federal felony to register to vote and it's a federal felony to vote right um, so if we jumped out there with with you know just our initial analysis rather than refining it and quality checking it we'd be out there with um, you know potentially some people that really aren't committing well, felonies of felonies. Well, how did you not do that in your first tweet, just as a matter of fact? Well, you said, we, didn't we know that three million illegally voted. Right. You did that already. We didn't name a soul, though. We didn't name right. a person. And you still haven't. But we will. Do you have the proof? Yes. Will you provide it? Yes. Can I have it? No. Why? 
We're not. We're, we're. The rest of the tweets, there was a whole series of tweets. Right. Those were taken slightly out of context. But but one of the key tweets that we have, have, have stuck with all along is, we're going to release all of this to the public. We're going to release our methodology. We're going to release the raw data. We're going to release our conclusions. We're going to release everything to the public. When? Um, as soon as we get done with the checks. The Wait, hold on. So, so you're not done checking it yet? The challenge is this. Let's just say that we're talking about verifying identity. Mm -hmm. Identity has a number of different components. And then he rambles on. In case you <laughs> aren't already gathering this, this is someone who should not be talking about their research yet. Woefully unprepared. And maybe not even just he's ill-equipped to handle a media interview. Well, it's not even completed yet. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. That it's not even... It hasn't been well, completed. He knows, but he knows the number. In fact, he says it'll, it's more. It's far more than three million, Brittany. So yeah, he he seems he seems to have his head on his shoulders. So this is someone who hasn't completed their analysis, and he's doing interviews, giving the conclusion. Yeah, isn't that that's the way it's done, right? Isn't no. that way you're, you're doing your? Your research? No, that is not how it's done. It and seems like that's how you're doing your thesis. He's also illustrating like motivation for finding a certain outcome, which is not how you should approach this issue. <laughs> right? Or, or even the methodology. It should be about finding the truth, not yes. here's my conclusion. Now let's figure out how to get there. Yeah. Right? That's exactly and, what he's doing. And it sounds like that's what he's doing. I yeah. mean, it's difficult to understand because Chris Cuomo's like, can I have the evidence? No. Well, why? Well, because we haven't finished yet. Okay, well, then why are you here? Why are you talking about this? Yeah, yeah. So the, the interview continues, and really, it only gets worse from here. Because I'm not waiting on the government I'm saying, to I'm saying it's easier for them. For us, it's tedious. But what I'm saying is... Look, either you know or you don't. What I'm hearing from you is you think you'll be able to show it. No. What you're hearing is that, that I know. You just don't believe that I know. Well, why would I believe it if you don't show how you know it? Come on. I mean, this is a, this is a very silly simple circle that we're going in sure. here right now. You say you can prove it. I say, okay. Sure. I trust you. You can prove it. Show me. You we say, will. I will, but you're not. We so will. Can you give me an estimated date? Three-second pause. We, we believe that that it, it will probably take another few months to get this done. And yet, even though you need a few more months to get it done, you think you know the answer right now. We're volunteers. We know we have the answer. Even though you can't prove it, you think you know. The number's actually bigger. Well, whatever. You can say the number is whatever it is. You have to show it. One other question. You put this out in the beginning of November. The states didn't certify until after that. I think Vermont was one of the few ones that came out four days after you. Sure. So you couldn't have done it off certified voter returns because right. you wouldn't have had them. Possibility of right. fact. So that means you must have based it on early voting returns. Is that a safe assumption? Uh, in part. Because you can't do it off the certified counts because you didn't have them when you put out the tweet. But, but you, they're, they're, well, there's all sorts of ways, as you, you guys know about get out the vote, right? I mean, one of the ways that you do it is you have poll watchers there waiting to see who signs in. That's whoever, not precise. And whoever doesn't sign in, then you go get them. That's not I want to explain that real quick. What he's talking about is having people on the ground, physically on the ground, human beings watching the polls and watching to see if people vote without having signed in. I don't even know how that would work, that you go to a voting machine without actually checking in and, and, and voting. And, and checking in to vote. I mean, I, I haven't voted in 
in every precinct in the United States, clearly, but I voted in many precincts. I've lived in 12 states out of the 50 states. Mm-hmm. I voted in not that many, but I'm not going to sit here and count, but many states I voted in, many precincts I voted in. Mm-hmm. And I have never seen ever a precinct where you could just walk up to an open voting machine. That's just not the way it works. Right. Here in California, you've got a code mm-hmm. you have to punch in that authorizes the machine to to accept your vote. Right. That the code matches your name that they, they give you this. Right. There's also several volunteers watching, right. overseeing what's going on. Not only that, but how, how on, on earth would they have the infrastructure to have poll watchers at every single precinct across this United States? That is... An unreasonable. You mean for his research? Yeah, right. there's no way he had if he because he keeps saying also in the interview, "I'm just a dude. I'm just a regular guy. I don't oh hubba duh." Listen, guy, <laughs> hubba. If you if you're just a regular guy, you don't have the the you don't have the the wherewithal. You don't have the infrastructure built. You don't have the structure of an organization to have enough people. You would at least need two people per poll per polling place that would be hundreds of thousands of people mm-hmm. no no you don't have that so don't try to make that claim it's just a lie it's a complete and utter lie to the american people precise we are as precise as we need to be more than three million non-citizens voted in this country in this election we're prepared to prove it we need a little more time the president should he choose to can ask his attorney general and the Department of Homeland Security to make that match on a dime, make the decision. We don't have to do the work. You don't have to well, believe You me. have to do you the can work. Believe the you government. have to do it, Greg, because you can't say, I know this is true. Let's have them prove it. We're doing it. This is on you. We're doing it as fast you, as we can. And, right, but you already said you had the answer. You we understand do. what I'm saying? We do. But you understand that logically that doesn't go together. If I know the answer to something, it's because I've concluded my process of analysis, not because I'm in the middle of it. Not necessarily. You, 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 can, you can reach a conclusion and then still verify. You can still go back but and then double how do you check know that you're right? check. That's exactly what we're doing. We're going back. Then and shouldn't you have waited right? to say that you know for sure no. before you were sure about no. it? The other side of it is, so I'm a tweet. I mean, people say lots of things. People said I was a Russian spy. Who cares what they say? Right? I only care about the facts. Right. Well, he doesn't have the facts, so yeah, that whole interview was great because it illustrates that this guy... Um, he's th- the sole reason Donald Trump believes what he believes. Right, that this guy does not know what he's talking about and cannot provide evidence for his claims. Zero evidence provided. None. Yes, so... <laughs> and that was like six minutes of a 13 or 14 minute interview. The president believing things with no evidence and announcing it to the American people with no evidence. That is a very problematic thing. Especially when he has the the power of the United States Justice Department behind him. Right. You know, that would likely will be headed by racist Jeff Jeff Sessions. Sessions, Right. Who, you know, he has a history of doing things that are not above board related to voting rights. Yeah. A documented history. So that's a problem. Well, Greg Phillips, he was on later in the day, about 12 or 13 hours later, with John Berman, who also ran him through the ringer. 
Thanks, Greg, so much for coming in. You know, it's been about 12 hours since you were on CNN this morning. You said you would not release your evidence that at least three million people voted illegally. Will you give us that evidence now? I uh, said I wouldn't release it uh, now, and, and uh, it's still now. So, no, we're not, we're not prepared to release it. We've had uh, a lot of verification and validation of our own uh, methods and, and uh, research, and, and uh, we'll get it out as quick as we can. So what does this evidence look like? Are we talking about a list of, of at least three million names? Yeah, I mean, we uh, it, we started with a list of 180 some odd million uh, uh, registered voters in the country. Uh, that list has been built over a number of years. Um, we uh, have augmented that list. We've enhanced the list. We've uh, built the list up, um, and we have uh, uh, spent a great deal of time uh, building analytics around the list so that we. Uh, could understand uh, patterns. We could understand what's happening. We could understand who's voting where and when. And and uh, it's a uh, it's a very sophisticated operation, and we're we're very proud of it. Help us understand what types of names are on this list. Will this list include names like Steve Bannon or or, or Jared Kushner or, or the Treasury Secretary nominee Steve Mnuchin, who we believe were registered in two states? Are those names going to be on it? No, that's ridiculous. Uh, those are those are. Uh, a symptom of, of uh, a broken process where the United States can't quite understand that we need to have a national or American voter ID that travels with the person, much like your Social Security number. So your list is three million people you say are non-citizens. Correct. So we were checking the U.S. Census uh, earlier today. In the U.S. Census for 2010 said there are about 22 million people in the United States who are non-citizens. 22 million non-citizens. That, that includes people, by the way, who are younger than 18, so not eligible to vote. And of mm-hmm. that 22 million, you say a minimum of 3 million voted? That's a huge percentage. That's about 15%. You think 15% of the people uh, who are not citizens in this country voted in this last election? Well, I, I, I would dispute the 22 million. I think, you're, I think the, uh, both the census numbers and others uh, discount the number of uh, of uh, illegal aliens. So say there are 11 million undocumented, then there are 33 million. It's still a huge percentage. Uh, We don't think so. We think that the way the system is set up, it's institutionalized the fraud and uh, has not only allowed it to occur, occur, but has uh, facilitated and fostered the means through which it occurs. We don't think so. Do you know so? You know that upwards of 15 percent, maybe 20 percent, because you say the number may be more than 3 million. You know that that many people who are in the United States and aren't citizens voted in this last election? Uh, well, we believe we do, and that's what we're going back and double-checking and confirming and validating. And when we're, when we're complete and we're satisfied that we've teased out all of the false positives and, and uh, challenges that we might face in the execution of it, um, then we'll, we'll expose the list to the public. We spoke to Justin Levitt, who's a law professor at Loyola, who's been studying voter fraud issues for years, and he said... He hasn't come across one person who's gone in uh, and intentionally checked the wrong box. You say you're not here to prove intent. Uh, What are you here to prove? Our hope is to create an environment where we can develop a a data set. Look, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'm going to man up and say I'm wrong. Oh, look, 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 the the, the ship has sailed on that, Greg. The ship has sailed on if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You came out six days after the election saying three million people voted illegally, and now the president of the United States is citing your comments and your efforts to say that there has been mass voter fraud in this country. I, I think that's, you know, that moment has passed for you. I think that is an awesome moment for John Berman.
to catch that. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Sorry, brother. You don't get to say if I'm wrong. Right. Notice also here that the tone has shifted in, in 12 or 13 hours. Chris Cuomo, I know this. I, I know I'm just a guy, but I know this. I know this. Mm-hmm. We're going to prove it with my data. Now, all of a sudden, it's we believe, we believe, 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 believe. Right. Not a lot of no talk. Right. Then he says, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. No, dude. Like John Berman said, that ship has sailed. It's too late for if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You are making declaratory certain statements. Not eh, vacillating, I'm not sure, but I think so statements. Uh, Obviously, you just want to fight and not listen. So here's the deal. When we complete this analysis, we're going to lay it out to the public. We're going to lay out our methodologies. We're going to lay out our hypotheses. We're going to lay out our outputs. We're going to lay out the raw data for everyone to see. Have you contacted any of the three million voters uh, 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 that you say you have names of to see if they're U.S. citizens or not? No. <laughs> so you haven't checked one name? Why? why you haven't called why, one per- Well, you can ask I? them. You ask them, hey, did you vote? Are you a U.S. citizen? One name out of three million? Mm. The, you, you do understand, like, I'm just a private citizen, right? I mean, no one's going to take my call or answer that question. Um, I'm not a government. I'm not a, a company. I'm not anything. We're just a bunch of people who believe in the sanctity of the vote and the... And the and the import of uh, free and fair elections and election integrity. Well, well a private citizen can, can, can do scholarship. I mean, if you're doing a study, you can cross-check it with the actual people on this list, not one of them. And we are cross-checking with every available data set that we have. Except any of the people on the list. It's not my problem. Your data set isn't your problem, but you're the one producing it. It's not my problem to contact the individual voters. It's inappropriate. I'm acute. If we do this and we release those names, we're accusing them of two federal felonies. And then again, he rambles on and on. But he was going to release the names. That's right. Now he, now he says in this interview he's not going to release the names when with Chris Cuomo, he said, we're releasing all of it to the public. The names, who these people are, the data set, our methodology, everything. Now the tune, again, just like the no statements, they're now believe statements, and then as though something changed, he's not going to release the names. So now the, re- the American public, really, we have no guarantee of the information he has that's going to be released. Right. I also want to say, if you go look at this guy's Twitter profile, at um, JumpVote, Greg Phillips, he, you know, Donald Trump kept saying Pew Report, Pew Report, right? Pew Research Center is a nonpartisan organization. Right. If you go to someone who's a prominent Pew Research Center employee's Twitter account, you will not see partisan posts. You just won't. Yeah. It's a nonpartisan organization. You go to Greg Phillips' timeline? Donald Trump, bitches. He, <laughs> he's talking about how, how the left is pissed off. He uh, has a meme posted to the top of his profile, what I stand for. I'm a conservative. I'm pro-life, pro-constitution, pro-liberty, pro-military. I strongly support a balanced budget and free trade. I support secure borders, lower taxes, and reduced federal intervention in state affairs. My faith is my guiding light. I oppose evil. Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, this is the kind of guy that he is. And he's retweeting posts from Donald Trump saying, thank you, Mr. President. We're going to figure this out, you know? Yeah, yeah. This is not 
this is not Pew. Right. Stop not saying that. Not Stop saying that. That did not come from a nonpartisan organization who legitimately researched this issue. Also, it doesn't follow that your guy wins in what your guy describes as a landslide and you want to hurry up and investigate because of voter fraud. Well, that That's not the way it works. If your team wins, you don't call for an investigation. That, that, what the hell is he... What is that? Well, in the amazing interview between Donald Trump and David Muir, Donald Trump said that every single one of those three million fraudulent votes went to Hillary Clinton. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Every single one. So it's just not this astronomical number of people that voted illegally. It's all of those votes went to Hillary Clinton as well. There was a woman who was prosecuted during the primaries for voting twice for Donald Trump. Somewhere in the Midwest. Yeah. But it's just, it's complete and utter propaganda. They're liars. Anyway, here we are, the end of the episode, and we're going to have to push the Muslim ban stuff. Maybe we'll do like a bonus. It needs to be covered. We need to talk about it because there's a whole bunch of shit. There is all kinds of stuff that has gone on. I want to I present a timeline. I want to talk about all of the misinformation and disinformation and propaganda that's coming out of the Trump administration and the Republican Party. And we're going to get to that. We are absolutely going. To, I've got a Rudy Giuliani interview. I've got Donald Trump on with Christian Broadcasting. We've done a lot of work here that I don't want to go to waste. (laughs) Plus, it's an important topic. People's lives are in the balance. And the American people need to know. So we're going to get to that. Maybe we'll do a bonus episode. I really don't want to push it until Wednesday. We'll try to get something out. We love you guys. We appreciate you. If you want to sound off, you want to talk to us, 657-464-7609. Of course, email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We want to hear from you. If you'd like to support the show other than listening twice a week or as often as you do, go to dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. You can give through Patreon and PayPal. Support the show is the link. You can also buy something on Amazon. Buy a mug. There's all kinds of ways to support the show. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you so, so much. And until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. I am second place in a two-man race. That is... (laughs) 